0: or by emailing your questions or comments from CollegeView.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: Welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're a part of it. This is the Virtual Bible study for June 5th, 2007. We hope you'll stay tuned. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad.
2: Jacob, good to be with you, as always, on Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. And We look forward to a good discussion from the Word of God tonight.
1: We're looking forward to the discussion. We're looking forward to your participation. The number to call to be a part of the program is 877-381-4567 or send an email to questions at collegeview.com. Dad, we want to talk about an important subject tonight and probably a subject of great concern for those of our listening audience who are adults. We want to talk about the challenges facing young people today, and certainly those challenges are numerous. We want to talk about some of them tonight, and we want our listeners' participation. Hopefully our listeners can email some of their uh, ideas of some challenges that our young people are facing today. Certainly, Dad, young people are facing enormous challenges in the world that we live in as they try to live pleasing to God.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. In fact, I don't think anybody would even try to deny the fact that uh, there's a lot of temptations, a lot of trials, a lot of challenges for young people living in the world today. Um, earlier today, when I sent out our email reminder of the virtual Bible study, and by the way, if you'd like to get uh, a weekly reminder of the of the program, we usually send that out on Thursday afternoon. Uh, and if you're not on our update list, uh, you can go to the website, and uh, there you'll see a place to request our e-bulletin. And so we've got a, we've got a mailing list that we send our weekly electronic bulletin to, which is just an electronic version of our Sunday, uh, bulletin that we print and pass out here at services at college view. You can, if you're not already on that list and would like to get that bulletin and our weekly updates about the program, uh, just click on that link and you can send us an email to make that request. But when I sent out that update today, Jacob, I asked people to send in, uh, any, of their thoughts as to number one, what are the great challenges, maybe the greatest challenge that you think young people are facing today? And secondarily, what do you think parents need to be doing to help the young people deal with those challenges? And so we're still open to receive uh, those comments from any who are listening. If you're listening tonight and have some thoughts, in fact, just send us an email. Take just a second while you're sitting there listening to the program and send us an email. What do you think is the number one challenge? Uh, challenge facing young people today in america and number two what do you think parents ought to be doing especially to help them deal with that those are a couple important questions that we want to get into as we continue the discussion but jacob there's just no doubt that our young people are facing a lot of challenges
1: yeah you can also join in on the discussion by calling our toll-free number 877-381-4567 dad it is important when we start to study though you know we we talk about the enormous challenges that young people today are facing Young people have always faced challenges as they try to serve God. And so we don't want our young people to think that it's just so hard to be pleasing to God today, that it's impossible, that they might as well give up because they're facing challenges no one else has ever faced. That simply is not the case there are some unique challenges for young people today but there's also some challenges that people throughout time have faced dad and we want to talk about those on the program today but we don't want to give our young people the impression that it's going to be impossible for them to be pleasing to God in fact it's quite the opposite God has promised that it is possible for young people to live their lives in a way that's pleasing to him
2: exactly right and it it's possible it's doable and and the good news is that there are a lot of young people who are succeeding and living the kind of lives that Christian that that God wants a Christian to live. And so, you know, while we're going to be talking and probably painting a pretty dark picture about some of the challenges that are out there, we don't want to leave the impression that it's an impossible job. It's a doable thing. In fact, it must be done. Christian... Young people must live right in the, in the face of a wicked world. And so that's the challenge, and we want to talk about the challenge and some of the ways to address it in our study tonight.
1: Email us your thoughts or give us a call, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. What's the greatest problem, greatest challenge that young people today face as they try to live a life that's pleasing to God? Again, email us or give us a call with your thoughts about young people and the challenges they face as they try to live a life that's pleasing to God.
2: Jay, we've already got an email from Don who writes in concerning what he sees as a great challenge to young people. And that is, uh, he says, the, the great challenge, he thinks, is most kids are being raised in daycares by parents who were themselves raised in daycares and see nothing wrong with it. Uh, and so he says what needs to be done to address this is sacrifice the big house, fancy cars and goodies and stay home with the kids. Also, take the computers out of their rooms and terminate their MySpace accounts. Get the Bible out and don't depend on a church youth group to teach them. I have to say I'm very sympathetic to all of the comments that Don makes. Let's start out by talking about parental example. It is so important, and, and one of the one of the problems, as Don points out, is that kids are not getting a, a good example from their parents. We've got, we live in a world of people who just are not, even inclined to spiritual things the parents themselves are not living right and how can they expect kids to live right when the parents are not living right
1: well that's exactly right and don mentions one of the distractions that we face you know Dad, this world is full of distractions and one of the distractions is the material blessings that we enjoy they can become a hindrance to us and they can cause us to be distracted from serving god parents need to be focused on god not on the material, Dad. Families do not have to have a big fancy house and nice cars to ride in in order to be successful. Instead, families need to be focused on God and on serving Him. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 talks about that focus where we read, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We've got to take our focus off of the physical dad and put it on the spiritual. If we don't do that, if we focus on the physical, our family is going to be a failure,
2: and our young people are going to have a great challenge as they try to live for God. I think that's exactly right. We've On the program before, we have mentioned the example of Eli in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13. Samuel was a man of God and who uh, himself had a dedication to God, but had not passed that on to his children. And I think it's so uh, important to remember what was said in 1 Samuel 3, verse 13. Uh, Samuel, a uh, uh, revelation came to Samuel to say concerning Eli. I hope I said that I hope I earlier, referenced Eli accurately. E- Eli is the one we're talking about. Samuel received a revelation concerning Eli. God said, I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Eli himself was a godly man, but he had not taught his children and and the Lord was holding him accountable for that. Exactly right. Let us know your thoughts eight seven
1: seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview.com. Dad, we've got to make sure that we're focusing on the spiritual as parents, and we're trying to instill those values in our children. Unfortunately, many parents just simply don't have that focus and children are paying the price as a result.
2: You know, um, we were talking about Old Testament examples. There's a couple of good Old Testament examples that we we talked about, Eli, who's a bad one. But for instance, think about um, uh, what is said in Genesis 18, verse 19 concerning Abraham it says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. God had confidence in Abraham that he would do the right thing. We also see a
1: great leader in Joshua. In Joshua 24, verse 15, we see him setting the focus for his family. We read in Joshua 24:15, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Notice this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was setting the priority in his house that they were going to serve the Lord. And, Dad, I think that he would have been a strong leader in doing that. I don't think he would have been a passive father who would just suggested to his children and his family that they serve the Lord. Instead, he was going to lead the way his family was going to serve the Lord.
2: That was, you know, he didn't state, I'll try, or maybe, I hope I can. If my it, kids want to, we'll serve the Lord. Yeah. Nope. He was very definite about it, wasn't he? Exactly. You know, a very familiar verse is Proverbs 22, 6, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, verse 6, but that that statement in the Proverbs suggests there's a window of opportunity and that we need to be working with our kids at an age such as that they will learn these truths and live by them. You know, it it has unfortunately been a common mistake of parents to say, well, I'm not going to force anything on my kids. I'm not going to insist that they go to church. I'm going to wait till they get old enough to make their own decision. Well, as has been pointed out so many times, we don't do that about other things. We don't wait until they're old enough to decide if they want to brush their teeth. We don't wait till they're old enough to decide if they want to eat. We don't wait till they're old enough to see if they want to go to school. Things that we think are in their best interest, we insist upon. We demand them to do these necessary things. And there's not anything more important than spiritual training, and yet... Some parents think, well, I don't want to force them about that. I want to, I want to wait till they're old enough to make up their own mind. Well, certainly kids will reach a point where they have to make up their own mind, but we've got to give them the, the information so they can make an informed decision. And if we don't, we're going to be held accountable for that. So I think back to Don's email, parents, negligent parents who are not directly involved in the careful training and upbringing of their children as he says uh, kids are being raised in daycares their parents were raised there and it's just become a a routine practice uh and and i want to notice his solution to that what he thinks is the answer to that in his email don said sacrifice the big house the fancy cars and the goodies and stay home with the kids you know that's that's part of the problem. We've become so materialistically minded. We've got to have two incomes. So mom and dad both have to work, and they have to work long hours so they can have a bigger house and a better car, go on nicer vacations. And it, the family would be much better off in a smaller house with an older car and fewer vacations if it meant mom could stay home, the parents could be directly involved in the upbringing of the kids. Uh, that would be far and away to their betterment, and yet too many parents are not seeing that. Exactly right. Proverbs 29, verse 15 says, The rod and reproof
1: give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. We do not bring up our children as we should. If we do not instruct them in the way of the Lord, they'll bring shame to us, and we need to be aware of that. Thank you for your email, Don. Thank you for your comments and for listening on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We have time to take an email from you. We're going to take a break, and we'd like for you to send your email in now or give us a call. Let us know the greatest challenges you believe are facing young people today as they try to serve a life that is pleasing to God. Which angles is the devil using to attack our children and try and get them to live a life that's not pleasing to God? Give us a call or send us an email. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this.
0: You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Brent Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9:30 a.m.
0: My name is Roger Tomes, and me and my wife love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study on Thursday nights. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys.
1: Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're a part of it tonight. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the challenges facing young people in America today. What are some of the greatest challenges you believe America's youth are facing? Send us an email or give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. As we discuss this important subject on the program tonight, Dad, we need to know what the challenges are so we can help young people avoid and overcome those challenges. You know, without an understanding of the challenges, it's easier for us to fall prey to those challenges, and so the discussion is important tonight.
2: You know, uh, Jake, there was one more part of that uh, email from Don that we were dealing with just before our break, and he said another thing that parents need to do, take the computers out of their rooms Terminate their mySpace accounts, get the Bible out, and don 't depend on a church youth group to teach them. Uh, you know that would his comment there and again, I think he 's right on. I really appreciate aunt 's comments here and uh, uh, I think that he has hinted at something that I see as a big challenge to young people today, and that has to do with the the influence of the modern media it 's very pervasive and it 's a great problem.
1: A recent study showed that children ages two to seventeen Watch television on average almost 24 hours per week. That equates to three and a half hours a day. That's three and a half hours a day for children ages two to 17. And almost one in five watch more than 35 hours of television a week. Watching television, Dad, is a full time job for our children, almost as much as a full time job watching television. That is an enormous amount of time that young people are spending in front of the television.
2: That's right. Kids, of course, all, all Americans are spending just incredible amounts of time watching TV. I saw a survey that asked a simple question. What What uh, is the one thing that that people do more of than watch TV in America? There's only one thing that people do more of than watch TV in America, and that is sleeping. sleeping is the first most time-consuming activity. Watching TV is the second most time-consuming activity of modern Americans.
1: Amazing. And what is perhaps more scary than the first statistic is that 20% of 2- to 7-year-olds, 46% of 8- to 12-year-olds, and 56% of 13- to 17-year-olds have televisions in their own bedrooms. So they're spending that time, Dad, in their own bedrooms, away from the family, watching whatever they choose, almost a full-time job. There are 35 hours of television a week.
2: Yeah, and and then when you add in to, to watching TV, you add in the computer and time spent on the Internet with access to absolutely who knows what. I mean, you can find just anything that's imaginable out there on the Internet. Of course, we hope that the, the Internet is being used in, in homes for good content, such as the virtual Bible study, but there's a lot of wickedness on the Internet, and a lot of kids are being used uh, allowed to use the Internet with free uh, access. I mean, there's no governing control. Parents are not watching this thing that Don mentioned in his email about the MySpace accounts. We've heard horror stories about the kind of things that are going on with these blogs on MySpace and the kind of things that kids are talking about and the contacts that they're being made there and the horrible evil influence. And uh, uh, I, I think that if parents are not aware and who and are not using careful discretion to to control the influence of the media on their children they're just asking for trouble exactly right we read in proverbs 23 verse 7
1: the importance of the subject of to controlling what our children are exposed to in the media in proverbs 23 verse 7 we read for as he thinketh in his heart so is he we see the importance then of controlling what our children are exposed to. As he thinketh in his heart, so
2: is he. As your child thinks in his heart, Dad, so is he. Exactly right. The problem with all that influence coming in by way of TV and the Internet, all the media influence is that uh, it it has to have an impact. You can't keep taking all that wickedness in without it having an impact on what comes out of a child. And so we're, if we're letting them feed on that kind of stuff. We cannot be surprised to know that they're going to be adversely uh, influenced by it to do things they shouldn't do. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of
1: life. We could rephrase that dad and say, help your kids keep their heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of their life.
2: Yeah, uh, I've, I've said before, uh, you know, if if you've got a situation at your house where your kids have their own TV or, for that matter, their own computer in their own room, and they're making their own choices about what they're watching and they're making their own choices about where they're going on the Internet, it's, it's the it's the moral equivalent of Russian roulette. You will pay the price for that. Uh, and so if that situation exists in your home parents, you can change that. I mean, you can change that, like, in, within the next five minutes you can change that, and it needs to be done just that fast. Exactly right. You know, Dad,
1: we talk about the immorality that is portrayed on the media today and uh, the exposure that the children have to it. Let's assume that the children are watching Sesame Street all day or they're watching some totally uh, pure programming, 35 hours a week some children are watching. Some are watching more than that. That leaves very little time for positive things. Like studying God's Word. We know that we need to study God's Word, and we know we need to spend time in God's Word, but if our children are exposed to that much uh, television and the Internet and other forms of entertainment,
2: leaves little time for them to study and grow in the knowledge and understanding of God's Word. That's right, and and the, the Word of God stresses the importance of, of getting that scriptural influence into the heart and minds of kids. Uh, Psalm 119, beginning verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, you know, the way a young man can keep pure is not by being constantly influenced by the evil media, but rather by being influenced by the word of God. Exactly right. In Second Timothy chapter 3,
1: verses 16 and 17. We read all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Let me tell you, Dad, the Word of God does nothing when it's closed. It won't help us at all. We've got to open it up and study it.
2: One more, One more reference to Don's email. He says, get the Bible out. Don't depend on a church youth group to teach them. Yeah, I think that's an important emphasis. Parents, it's your primary responsibility. Maybe the church can help. I, I hope that it can. I hope that Bible classes and other things that are taking place in local congregations are a help in training the kids, but the primary job is yours, and you cannot uh, just sort of pass that off and assume that others will take care of it and it will be done uh, properly. I remember years ago... A situation in a local church where there was a a teenage young fellow who was not showing interest in spiritual things at all but of course his parents didn't either they were very lackluster very indifferent uh, just lukewarm christians for sure and i remember the father had the audacity to say you know if the elders don't do something pretty soon they're going to lose that boy well, the elders could try as hard as they wanted, but it was the father who was losing the boy by his neglect and his bad influence and the simple fact that he had not put emphasis on spiritual things. And parents have got to see the necessity of that. Uh, as we said earlier, they're going to be held accountable. Exactly. So, so Don right. made a lot of good points in his brief email. Don, thanks for your email tonight. Yeah,
1: thank you again for listening, Don. 877-381-4567. Toll free. We'll pay the bill. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at com. Let us know your thoughts. Certainly you have thoughts about this, especially if you're a parent. Hopefully you've given much thought to this subject we're talking about tonight, the challenges facing young people today. Let us know what you believe or some of the challenges that young people are facing. We look forward to your participation on the
2: program tonight. Jay, we have got an email from our friend Jeff who writes that he sees, this goes pretty close in hand with what we were just saying about the need for spiritual training. He says he sees one of the greatest challenges that young people face today is rampant relativism. He says too many people today, even religious people, even Christians, either don't believe in absolute truth or don't believe absolute truth matters. As the song said years back, you've got to stand for something or your fault for anything it's hard to train up a child on the way he should go when the world is trying to convince him and even his parents are trying to convince him that there's no one way he should go and so uh, jeff making a good point there that in the in the course of spiritual training that we direct toward our children we've got to tell them there is right and wrong it's not all subjective it's not well, it's it just depends on the circumstances. And depending on where you are and who you're with and what the circumstances are, well, it might be right to tell a lie in this kind of a circumstance. Normally, no, but in this circumstance, maybe go ahead and tell a lie.
1: Well, you know, the television that the kids are being exposed to, 35 hours per week is constantly telling them this, that there are no absolute standards. Even the innocent com- uh, cartoons that the children are watching are saying, well, if someone is different than you and they're living an immoral lifestyle, that's okay. We can't say anything against that, or if they tell a lie, maybe it was warranted. The, even the cartoons are
2: establishing those types of guidelines for our children. You know, uh, I've heard a lot of lot of Christians yearn for a return to the so-called good old days on TV when there were shows like Andy Griffith. But, you know, you go back and watch some of even those old shows, you see... Situation ethics and, and moral relativism even on those shows. And so what we're saying is that's, that's sort of the birthright of the, of the modern media. That's the way it's always been. It's gotten much worse, obviously, as the years have gone by. But that, that's been in evidence for years and years and years. And if, if we let our kids, uh, be fully indoctrinated in that sort of relativism, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to bear its fruit in their lives. certainly is, and we need to understand the effect that our
1: society is having on us, Dad. You know, this is the way our society thinks, and we're exposed to it through the media, but it is all around us. People all around us are believing that there is no absolute standard for right and wrong, and if we allow the world to raise our children, they'll
2: grow up thinking the same way. And as a result, they won't believe in the absolute standards of God's word. In John seventeen seventeen, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There's no doubt about that. It's not subjective. It's not uh, based upon the circumstance that you're in. It's not uh, relativism. It's not, you know, uh, it's not a thing that changes or varies. It is absolute. Thy word is truth. We have an absolute objective standard in the word of God. We need to believe it. And we need to teach it to our children. But I think that Jeff's comment is good. If the parents are not convinced of that, if the parents are not fully persuaded that this that these kind of things are wrong and wrong at all times, then the kids are going to be left. The the kids are going to actually be taught a compromising spirit that's going to really hurt them. You know, for instance, I, I give you a good for instance of this, Jacob. You know, I've known of Christians who would take the stand in normal time, normal. Normally they would say kids shouldn't go to dances but the prom now that's different you know that's special that's i mean that only go that only happens once in a high school career you know your senior prom and so in this case we're going to allow it well then that's that's teaching that things are relative you know that dancing's normally wrong but in some situations it might not be wrong and we'll compromise this time let it happen kids pick up i think kids learned faster from a single episode of compromise than they do from months and years of, of consistent teaching and application. They pick up that compromise uh, spirit in a hurry. Well, they're also looking at their parents. And if their parents
1: themselves compromise, dad, you know, dad doesn't normally drink alcohol, but during company parties and events, he'll drink a little bit. They understand that compromise and they begin to believe in this idea of moral relativism themselves, where God's word isn't an absolute standard, it's not a firm foundation for their lives. Instead, it's something that can be bent and molded however it suits you. And the kids will definitely grow up with that same attitude.
2: That's exactly right. You know, I, I, I think if if I was gonna have if I was gonna give my two cents worth as to what I think is the most important thing parents need to do in raising their kids, it's consistency. And this and this idea that Jeff suggested in his email about moral relativism, rampant relativism in our society, that's the thing we've got to offset with absolute consistency, no compromising. I think that's really important for parents. All right. Let's take another break. 877-381-4567.
1: Questions at collegeview.com. When we get back, we need to pick up the pace. We've got lots of ground to cover, and we hopefully have several emails to take from you, our listeners, questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this.
0: Enjoying the Virtual Bible Study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. Regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that he commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do, and then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Hi, my name is Mike Holt. My wife and I, we love listening to the Virtual Bible
0: Study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study as we talk about challenges facing young people today. Dad, one of the things we've talked about is the media and its immorality. And one of the immoral things that it presents to our children on a continual basis that affects them in their personal lives is sexual immorality it's everywhere in the media and it's rubbing off on the children today
2: i think that's exactly right and there's just a ton of statistics out there we could we could reference some of them here just briefly uh according to the american academy of pediatrics uh it says and this is this dates back to 2001 a survey in 2001 so it probably is worse, if anything, not better. But it says, according to most data, 61% of all high school seniors have had sexual intercourse. About half are currently sexually active. 21% have had four or more partners. Uh, it says the United States has one of the highest teenage pregnancy rates in the world. And so our kids, one of the great challenges that facing them is that they're going to be exposed to great temptations concerning sexual immorality think about that when your kid goes to high school six out of every ten of the kids that he associates with when he's walking the halls of the high school between classes six out of ten of them have been sexually active already and half of them are are currently sexually active now that's 2001 stats that, that as i say it may be worse now not better but just imagine, when we talk about peer pressure and the pressure to conform. Very, it's a very strong pressure in young people. Well, what are the majority of young people doing? Well, they're having sex. And that would put a tremendous pressure on, on uh, kids to conform to that and to, to be like everyone else.
1: Those who are living like God would have them to live are in a minority, Dad. But those who are trying to remain pure sexually are even, again, in a minority, if there were 30 kids in the homeroom class, only 12 of them would be trying to live a life of pure sexuality. Isn't that something? That's, I mean, that's
2: scary. That's real scary. Parents need to be scared about a statistic like that. 2
1: Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, flee also, also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, our children need to understand that verse and need to apply it in their lives. Matthew 5:28 but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. We understand the need to remain pure sexually, dad, and our children need to understand that as well.
2: You know, you you just read Jacob, Second 2 Timothy 2:22 2, uh where Paul told Timothy flee also youthful lust. And our friend Randy up in uh, Jackson, Missouri has written in and said, "What do you think's included in the phrase youthful lust in Second Timothy 2?" twenty two uh, what you, what are some of the things that might be involved in that? Well, we know that that lusts are the are the kind of things that incite uh, the the passions of a, a person you know uh, the the word lust actually can be used in a good way when it denotes a strong desire. I think the scripture uses it a, a few times in a favorable sense in which it suggests a, a strong desire for something. But youthful lusts are a strong desire that would be characteristic of young people. And I think certainly sexual immorality is a youthful lust. It would be something, it's a strong desire in young people. And because of the strength of it, many obviously surrender to the desire and and fulfill the want. Uh, But Paul told Timothy to flee from it. You know, a good example of fleeing from youthful lust. I think is seen in the young man Joseph Uh, back in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. We remember Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers and he became a slave in the house of a man named Potiphar in Egypt. But Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. He was a young man at the time. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. He more than likely was just in his early 20s at the time that she was trying to seduce him. Uh, but he said, uh, how, uh, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Genesis 39, 9. And when she was insistent, it says in verse 12, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. The only way he could get away from Potiphar's wife, she was so insistent to get him to commit this sin with her that he actually had to shed his coat and run outside. He literally, physically had to flee. And sometimes it, it actually takes that to flee youthful lust, but it definitely means stay away, get away, don't be in the presence of youthful lust, these strong desires that are characteristic of young people. But in answer to to Randy's question, I would think that youthful lust are the kind of things that are particularly uh, tempting to young people. And that's not to say that young people are exclusively tempted in these matters, not at all, but certainly sexual desire would be a youthful lust. uh, And, the desire for drugs and the and the high, the, the 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 escapism that comes with the illicit drug use and smoking marijuana and drinking alcohol, these are great temptations to young people. Partly because they are sort of taboo, off limits, and and the, and and young people are inclined to want to see about that to experiment to try it out for themselves
1: well i think the passage helps us to understand what youthful lust are and that is those are the things that are in opposition to righteousness faith charity peace and the things that people who call on the lord with a pure heart are doing right uh youthful lust would be in opposition to that so i don't think it would be limited to but definitely would be inclusive of the sexual immorality that is so rampant among young people today dad it is an
2: amazing statistic that we noted there. Exactly right, and and so um, we have got to be aware that young people are facing these temptations, and therefore, what we should do as parents and as others who cons- who are concerned about young people, what we should do is be careful to make make it as safe as possible. Uh, do not allow situations to develop wherein these temptations will be greater and the opportunity to fulfill the lust will be easier. In other words, put some, put some, uh, guarantees out there, put some guidelines, put some things, some limits. Certainly, if you're a parent, you gotta put some limits on your young people, uh, to help them. They need help in resisting these youthful lusts and, It's going to be up to you to help supply some of those limiting factors. They're not going
1: to get the help from the friends at school. Again, over 60% are not pure sexually, an amazing statistic.
2: We appreciate uh, Randy's question. I I hope we've uh, covered the idea of youthful lust there in answer to his question.
1: All right, 877-381-4567. Toll free, 877-381-4567. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Looking forward to your participation in the virtual Bible study tonight as we talk about the challenges that young people face as they try to live a life that's pleasing to God. Again, Dad, we want to remind our listeners and especially the young people we don't believe these challenges are insurmountable and that uh, the challenges are in any way uh, maybe diff- more difficult than people in the past have faced and have overcome. But we're saying there are some challenges that young people face and some challenges that are unique to young people today. But God has promised us that he will provide us a way to escape the temptations that the devil presents to us so forcefully.
2: You know, uh, the the statistics, the the very alarming statistics that we were citing regarding the fact that over 60% of high school seniors have had sexual relationships. Well, there's a good news part of that statistic, too. That means at least 40% are maintaining sexual purity, you know, and I would certainly hope that that the percentage, that, that there's a the high percentage of that 40%, I would hope that a high percentage of those are people who are trying to do it because of spiritual, moral reasons. What do you think it was like for
1: Noah's kids at school? Yeah. I mean, the whole world was uh, given over to immorality and uh, sinfulness. Certainly those kids had a difficult time, but they were saved on the ark. And so uh, we can overcome the temptations we've got to overcome.
2: We've got an email come in from Mike here in Columbia, Tennessee, and he says... Uh, in our society, our children face peer pressure from their classmates at school and from children that they associate with in our neighborhoods. Sometimes our children make bad choices because they're influenced by the children. We hope that our children will influence other children for good, but sometimes they don't. Even we as adults are sometimes influenced to do bad things because of those around us. This is a great challenge to our children and us as adults also. First Corinthians fifteen thirty-three, the New American Standard Version, Paul said... Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Peer pressure was a problem in the church at Corinth two thousand years ago, and it is a problem today. I think Mike's email is right on, and I, I think that is exactly what he's talking about uh, there—the idea of peer pressure and how strong an influence is. You know, I I, I think it's uh, peer pressure is always strong for everybody. It's, but I think it's stronger for young people. When we get older, although we still have the the desire to to conform. It's not as strong. You know, you reach a point where if somebody thinks I'm a weirdo, let them think that. You're old
1: enough and cranky yeah, enough, you yeah, don't I'm, care.
2: I'm cognitively enough now, I don't care if they think I'm a nut. Yeah. But, you know, for young people, it, it, it is, there's a really strong pressure to want to be like those that you're around. And that is why it's so incredibly important for young people to pick the right kind of friends and choose to be in the right company. And so peer pressure is a great challenge, a tremendous challenge uh, for our young people. Now, we've kind of tried to approach this in two ways. What's the problem and what can we do to help the problem? Well, as parents, we can try to help make situations for our kids to be around proper influences. And we can absolutely insist that they not be in the company of those who are an evil influence. So you, you can do two things. Insist that they avoid being around the ones that you know are bad kids who are going to give them an evil influence, and try to make opportunities for them being the right kind of company. And it doesn't have to just be people of their own age either. You know, I I can remember as a young person, one of the what I think was a, a good positive influence for me was, was to be around older Christians. And uh, and to simply sit and listen and hear them talk and and to 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 see their example. You know, I think sometimes we make a mistake of thinking young people the only the only people that young people can associate with and learn from are those of their own age. That's not necessarily so. I think there's a great advantage to being around older Christians and learning from their positive examples. But but uh, as parents and as concerned adults. We have to be aware of the of the challenge of peer pressure. I think Mike's email is right on.
1: Thank you for listening, Mike, and thank you for your comment. You know, Dad, it is amazing when we have a discussion like this, and the benefit of having a group Bible study, such as the virtual Bible study, is you get the insight and uh, the uh, views of other people. We didn't have uh, companions on our list of a challenge, you know, peer pressure. We didn't have that on our list, and so appreciate Mike for bringing that out tonight on the virtual Bible study.
2: We got a, a an email from Dan up in. Uh, Indiana, Dan, glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, his subject line says, time wasted. And he says, I have read a number of articles that basically say that children spend so much time on the PC and watching TV that it is ruining family relationships and also the skills they need in order to succeed in life. Parents are also guilty of this and not getting involved with the children. Uh, he says, for example, sports, homework projects, outings, fishing, and communication, which is a key in teaching them about Christianity. You know, it does seem like the family unit is in large measure disintegrated within the last generation. And people just go in their own different ways. You know, I've read some statistics. I don't have them available right here. But I've read some statistics about how rare it is for families to even sit down to a meal together uh, on a regular basis. You know, they're so busy going in different directions that they have no relationship with one another whatsoever. And that is, that is really a problem because parents, if you're going to influence your children for good, you've got to be in their company. You've got to be with them and you've got to communicate to them. And so, you know, uh, we're never at home at the same time. And when we are at home, we're, we're off in our own rooms, either playing on the computer or watching TV, never speaking to one another, never relating to one another that's that's i think dan's exactly right i think it's a true challenge in our in our modern society certainly so
1: a challenge for young people a challenge for parents as well parents have to make the sacrifice dad to spend time with their family so that they can develop those relationships and they can be in a positive influence on one another so thank you dan for that point thank you for listening to the program tonight 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. One break to go. We'll go to the top of the hour after that. We're running out of time to take your comments. Join in on the discussion now. We'll continue right after this.
0: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this.
1: I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 381 4567. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight, or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual
3: Bible study, and we
0: hope to hear from you soon.
3: I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study.
0: For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6.
1: The virtual Bible study continues. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study. I want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. We meet at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area passing through, or you're a resident of the area, We encourage you to come and worship with the College View Church of Christ.
2: You know, Jacob, we we should definitely make a point about something that's happening here at College View next week. If you're in the College View uh, uh, area of Middle Tennessee, we want to invite you to our Vacation Bible School. We've got Vacation Bible School next week, and it's in the evenings. It starts at 7, run for about an hour each night, Monday through Friday from 7 till 8 each evening. Uh, and we're going to be studying some Old Testament history and geography. Greg Chandler from Athens, Alabama, is going to be here to teach the teenage and adult class. So there will be definitely classes for adults and class, classes for the younger children. The younger children are going to be studying the same biblical subject matter each night So we're really anticipating a good week. Our Bible class teachers here have been working hard and preparing material for that, and we think it's going to be a great week. And if you're anywhere nearby in Middle Tennessee and you're able to get to Columbia next week for our Vacation Bible School, we want to invite you to participate in that. We think it's going to be a really good week.
1: And when you say Vacation Bible School, Dad, that sometimes has the connotation of fun and games it's not about funding games next week it's about a serious study of God's word every night of the week.
2: That's right. We, we you know we're not going to have uh, you know games and crafts for the kids as you might You're uh, not getting in
1: a dunking booth?
2: We're not having a dunking booth, oh, and really. if, they, if we have not one, I'm definitely not getting in it. But, no, we're not having that. It's not like that. It's serious Bible study, and we want to invite everybody who can to come and participate with us in that. And the virtual Bible study next week will be
1: immediately following the uh, Vacation Bible School on Thursday night. And so if you come and be with us on Thursday, you can join in on the virtual Bible study live. So we l- hope you'll make plans for that. Yeah, so don't forget next week. If you have any questions about the College View Church of Christ, what we stand for, what we believe, we encourage you to check us out on the Internet at collegeview.com or give us a call anytime, 877-381-4567, or give us a, an email. Questions at College View works anytime throughout the week as well. We'd be happy to answer any question that you have. We're talking about young people on the program tonight and challenges that they face in the society that we live in. They face unique challenges in our society, but not challenges that they cannot overcome Children can live a life that's pleasing to God, and we're talking about ways that they can do that on the program tonight.
2: You know, it's been suggested that one of the challenges facing us all, but also certainly facing young people, is what some people might refer to as hedonism, and that's just the idea that your goal is pleasure, to seek pleasure, to have a life of pleasure. And I believe that that is more of a factor in people 's minds today than than it has been in many times in the past you know it it is indisputable that we live in the the richest, most prosperous time in the history of of in the history of time in in the history of man 's existence on on earth. We have the opportunity to uh, uh, enjoy to spend money to have things. To, to just simply live pleasurable lives. You know, we, we think of Solomon in the Old Testament, who potentially was the richest man who ever lived. I, I, th- I don't know how you get a handle on his wealth, but I think there's a good chance that he was the richest man in all of time, richer than, uh, Bill Gates is today, even for that matter. But you think about things that we have, just the common man has, that Bill Gates, I mean, uh, that, uh, uh, Solomon, never could have dreamed of you know it's it's amazing the opportunities to enjoy pleasure that are that's available to people and some people make that their absolute goal to to seek pleasure and young people are 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 clearly into that well we could learn from solomon and find
1: out that there is no true fulfillment in physical pleasures and physical luxuries the true fulfillment comes from serving god Dad, you know, we have all kinds of luxuries, and one of the luxuries that we have is increased free time, increased leisure time. You know, it seems like we're busy, but we have more time than many people have had in the past. You think about those earlier in the history of our country, even, Dad, and who were living a difficult life trying to have enough to survive on. They were constantly working for something to eat and a place to to sleep we have all those things taken care of we have incredible leisure time dad but unfortunately we're spending that time in the pursuit of pleasures instead of the
2: pursuit of god and spiritual things exactly right you know the bible actually warns that this would become a problem in second timothy chapter 3 second timothy 3 beginning verse 1 he speaks paul speaks of the last days and perilous times that will come Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. Notice this one. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So one of the things that Paul said was going to happen was that people would become lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and certainly we see evidence of that in the world today, and it's influencing us and our young people.
1: I'm afraid there are Christians, Dad, who could be said of them, they're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and their children will no doubt see that and follow in their steps likely and be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We see that as a displacement of priorities, Dad. Instead of loving God and Him and putting Him first, we have put the things of this world and the pleasures that this life can afford, and it can afford many. We've allowed them to supersede the position that God requires in our lives.
2: You know, we have a good we have a good Old Testament example. Seem like we've looked at several Old Testament examples tonight, but a good one is Moses, who had been reared as the grandson of the Pharaoh. I mean, he he was in a position to really enjoy the pleasures of life the the, you know the egyptian uh, culture was flourishing and he was in the family of the the rulers of egypt and he could have enjoyed all that pleasure but hebrews chapter 11 beginning verse 24 says by faith moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Notice, it, he could have enjoyed the pleasures, but they were temporary. They were the pleasures of sin for a season. He understood that even suffering hardship for for the Lord was greater than the the treasures of Egypt. Children need to understand
1: that, Dad, that the pleasures of this life are temporary, yet they're not seeing that in the example of their parents, sadly. Their parents are dedicating their lives to the acquisition of more and more things, more and more physical possessions, and more and more physical pleasures. That's what their parents are focused on, and certainly that will rub off on their children, and they'll focus on those temporary pleasures rather than serving God and being
2: rewarded eternally. You know, Jacob, uh, you've heard parents who make that uh, claim, I want my kids to have things that I didn't have when I was growing up. I want them to enjoy the things I wasn't able to enjoy. You know, almost always that's to their detriment rather than to their good. That's that's not helping. And one of the things, I, I can get on my soapbox here a little bit, but one of the things that I see happening is that parents in particular are not instilling in their children a work ethic. They're not teaching their kids that, that they have to work uh to obtain necessary things. They're giving their kids everything and kids, uh, reach a point where they expect it. They expect to be given things and they're not expected to have to work for anything. And that again, that's this hedonism. That's this pursuit of pleasure. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to have what I want and I don't want to have to work for it. I want, I want it to be given to me. Uh, that, that is definitely to the detriment of young people. That's a, that's a great challenge. But, you know, I think parents can put a pretty quick fix on that uh, if, if they will. We're not designed
1: to be not working. We're designed to work, male and female, Dad. We're designed to be busy working, and we need to be busy doing that, and not for the accumulation of more and more physical things, but in order to, to have the things that we need to survive and to help those who are in need. That's the instruction of God's word. And if we do not instill that in our children, Dad, that would be another challenge that they face in this life that we live, this country that we live of great prosperity. They could lack the understanding of the fact that they need to be diligent
2: uh, workers. Jacob, we're just about out of time, but one other suggestion along the lines of challenges for our young people is Uh, that our our young people are challenged to learn and to have a respect for their elders and for authority figures in general. I think that's important.
1: Again, the immoral media that we view on a constant basis as children, 35 hours a week again, is constantly telling children that parents are incompetent parents don't understand anything and parents should be rebelled against that's what media is teaching our children dad and our media is teaching children that their ideas and their ways are better than the ways of the parents don't listen to your parents do what you want to do that's what the media is telling our you children.
2: know the, the shows they watch on tv if the, if they show a family setting a setting of any kind typically it's a dysfunctional family where the parents are Sort of portrayed as buffoons of some sort or another, and the kids put them down and disrespect them, and that's the normal way.
0: Especially
1: you know? the father. Yeah, he he's he's just totally incompetent. He he couldn't do anything right if it wasn't uh, for uh, his kids to tell him how things really ought to be. Yeah, and so children pick up on that, and uh, they have a lack of respect for authority. But again, this is nothing new, Dad. Children have had this problem throughout the years.
2: You know, we we're just reading a minute ago in Second Timothy chapter three. In that first several verses there, we, we referenced that a minute ago where it talked about people will become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. But one of the things also there, it says that they will be disobedient to parents. Uh, it's clear that God thinks it's important that parents be obeyed and that authority figures be respected but that's uh, that's not happening in general in our society and that's a challenge for young people for sure a couple of instructions to children about this opportunity they have in
1: relation to their parents ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 beginning children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth and Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Children need to be listening to their parents and respecting them. That's what God wants from children today, and children need to understand that.
2: Exactly right. And so we gotta, we got to work at that, at that challenge or that problem.
1: Well, Dad, children face great challenges. Again, not necessarily unique challenges, but some challenges that perhaps are unique but the challenges can be overcome. Children can remain pure and faithful to God. We yeah. need to understand that.
2: We've painted, I guess, we've honestly painted a dark picture about some of the challenges facing our young people. But we really want to stress the fact: it's a doable job with God's help, uh, with involved parents, and with concerned adults. Young people can succeed uh, living right in a wicked world, and and uh, we, we really need to to help them and, and do all that we can to ensure that that is taking place.
1: The instruction to Timothy is applicable to every young person today. First Timothy 4 verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Children need to be an example. And we pray that you will. Dad, thank you for the discussion tonight. And we want to thank all of our listeners as well for their participation.
2: That's right. And, again, we would remind everybody about Vacation Bible School here at College View. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, try to join us next week. Uh, it's at 7 o'clock each evening, uh, Monday through Friday next week and uh for the adult the teenage and adult class greg chandler from athens alabama will be here to to teach us on some old testament stories of history and geography
1: ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1 in conclusion tells us remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth when the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say i have no pleasure in them children remain faithful to god you'll be rewarded eternally As a result, we appreciate you listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. We hope you make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study live after the vacation Bible school next Thursday night. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.